Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams and this is episode number 38 of the Red Pill Revolution podcast. And man, oh man, it has been an interesting, interesting last week or so. We have inched our way closer and closer to what could potentially be a catastrophic disaster for basically the entire world. Uh, Basically, what's happened recently is Nancy Pelosi has took it upon herself to check on her stock investments, <laughs> allegedly, uh, basically going over to Taiwan and causing what is a international catastrophe with China then bowing up to the United States and all sorts of craziness. In other news, Alex Jones was accused of perjury after his Sandy Hook parents' lawyer obtained his text messages from his own lawyer. Uh, so that's going to be something interesting to talk about. I guess Alex Jones is currently uh, going through legal proceedings regarding uh, defamation trial or some type of uh, civil lawsuit regarding the Sandy Hook shooting and saying that it did not happen. So we will discuss that. But really, today's conversation is going to be going over a lot about Nancy Pelosi starting an international incident. And we'll find out why, what China said, and everything in between. So stick around on today's episode number 38 of the Red Pill Revolution podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew. Everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me again. Episode number 38 of the Red Pill Revolution podcast. And the very first thing that we are going to touch on is the Alex Jones trial. All right. It says this article that I have in front of me right here says Alex Jones is accused of perjury after Sandy Hook parents lawyer obtains his text messages in what could be the worst blunder ever by any lawyer at all ever. <laughs> it's a, quite atrocious move on your lawyer's part to basically completely uh, send every little piece of evidence they could to the 
opposing team's lawyer. <laughs> literally the worst thing you could possibly do. So we'll read through this a little bit, this article here about it, and then we will watch the clip of Alex Jones basically caught with his pants down. I have my own opinions on this. I have my own opinions about Alex Jones, um, but whatever you believe about it, this is pretty hilarious. So what this article goes on to say is that the lawyer representing Sandy Hook parents in Alex Jones's damages trial said Wednesday that Jones's lawyer sent him years worth of text messages and emails from Jones's phone. It goes on to say that Jones, who was repeatedly says has repeatedly lied that the Sandy Hook shooting was a hoax, has already been found liable in defamation cases brought by families of the victims. The Texas jury in the damages trial will determine how much Jones owes victims' parents after publicly making false claims. What they're saying. Uh, 12 days ago, your lawyer messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the last two years. That is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. And that is the attorney, Mark Bankston, who is the attorney for the Sandy Hook victim's family. And this was on Wednesday uh, today. And uh, so... It goes ahead and says that, worth noting, Judge Maya Guerra Gamble of the Travis County District Court, who is presiding over the case, told jurors the contents of Jones's phone were not properly turned over when it should have been. Okay, well, if you watch this clip of Alex Jones's the judge on this case, it's like pretty apparent that this judge is just wants nothing to do with Alex Jones, is fed up with his trial, is a little agitated by anything and everything that he does. <laughs> so let's go ahead and watch this clip here because again, it's, you know, I have my own thoughts about Alex Jones. You know, like everybody uh, says, he's got this crazy demeanor about a lot of things. He's been right about several, several things. This is not one of them, in my opinion. Um, this Sandy Hook situation is quite atrocious, just like all of the other mass shootings that we've seen is horrible horrific. Um, and again, the way that Alex Jones went about it, I, I've said this before about shootings. I've said this before about the conspiracy world that comes up when you talk about these uh, these shootings in these schools. And I, I just don't, I think it's off the mark. I don't think that there's crisis actors and I don't think that, you know, people are going on the stage and, you know, if anything, that's so many loose ends that it's just so improbable and so sloppy of, of an idea that, you know, to actually implement that, there'd be so many people who would have to be in on it that it would just make it such a difficult situation to follow through on. And, and again, there would be so many people who would know what happened. They would, it's just a mess. So I, I just don't think that's likely, the likelihood is there. I don't think that there's a bunch of actors in this situation. I don't think that's what's going on. I do think, however, you know, you want to put on your tinfoil hat for a minute that there is federal agents who are on chat boards with people who are saying horrible, horrific things with these, you know, young people who are in terrible frames of mind who may or may not uh, talk to them in these types of situations. And there's a lot less loose ends that way. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and watch Alex Jones uh, get caught with his pants down here <laughs> with every text message he's ever sent over the last several years being given to a lawyer. <laughs> this is just worst case scenario, right? Like if you're on a, if you're on trial, you know, for literally anything, 
let alone a trial that's getting watched by hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions of people, and literally the enemy standing across from you in the courtroom has every piece of evidence, has every little flirtatious text message you sent to your wife, has every little, you know, bad day that you had, every little, I don't know, uh, name that you called a, a friend that you don't want them to know about. I mean, literally every little dirty secret in those text messages and worst case scenario, it gets sent to the opposite team's lawyer. All right. So <laughs> just, uh, I, I, it just horrific situation. And, and I guess it raises a lot of questions, right? Like he, the, the lawyer actually goes on to say that your lawyer didn't even try to stop us from bringing this to court, right? Like your lawyer didn't even attempt to right his wrong. And literally in any situation as a lawyer, how are you not checking the recipients of your text message that you're sending everybody or, or every text message ever that somebody's ever sent that you are defending. I don't know. It just seems like a crazy, crazy happenstance to find yourself in if you're one of the most controversial figures ever, literally one of the first people ever to get banned on all social medias before even Trump got there. You know, it's quite impressive if you ask me, but all right, here's the clip. We'll go ahead and watch it. And uh, I think it's just about a minute or so. So we'll see what, what, it, what goes on on it. Here we go. So you did get my text messages. And it said you didn't. Nice trick. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. Oh. Indeed. You didn't give this text message to me. You don't, you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. This lawyer sounds like an evil villain. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Indeed. I do have these text messages. <laughs> It's every evil villain of every animation ever. I'm just going to restart that for you so you can actually listen to this beautiful evil villain laugh by this lawyer once he feels like he has Alex in the corner. I can't imagine how excited this lawyer was to actually get this trial, especially in a time where I don't know if there's been any other specific time in history where court cases have been so publicized and uh, you know, just so in the public eye as the last six months or so even. Um, but anyways, listen for this beautiful, beautiful Disney villain laugh by this lawyer. So you did get my text messages. And it said you didn't. Nice trick. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. Oh. Indeed. You didn't give this text message to me. You don't, you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. Mr. Jones, did you know that 12 days ago, 12 days ago, your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years and when informed, did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protect it in any way. And as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. Did you know that? I see. I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I gave them my phone, and then Mr. Jones, you need to answer the question. No, I, Did you I know this happened. No, I didn't know this happened. But I mean, I told you. I gave him the phone over. And just and you said. The question. You said in your deposition, you searched your phone. 
And that's where we really, you can start to see the judge just like rolling her eyes about the whole situation. She's just so fed up with having to actually sit here and do this trial. You know, she, she goes on. If you listen for her, you'll hear just the irritation and agitation in her voice as she's speaking to somebody, you know, being Alex Jones on this trial. And then she actually directs it a little bit at the other lawyer because she probably feels the need to balance out her frustration <laughs> for the public eye's sake. Um, but you just listen for how frustrated and how like agitated she sounds at Alex Jones. You said you pulled down the text, did the search function for Sandy Hook. That's what you said, Mr. Jones, correct? And I had several, several different phones with this number, but I did, yeah. Well, of course, I mean, that's why you got it. No, Mr. Jones, that's not why I have it. My lawyer sent it to you, but I'm hiding it. Okay. Mr. Jones? Mr. Jones, that's Just answer questions. There's no question. Mr. Bengtson also only asked questions. Sure. Mr. Jones, in discovery, you were asked, do you have Sandy Hook text messages on your phone? And you said no, correct? You said that under oath, Mr. Jones, didn't you? I mean, if I was mistaken, I was mistaken, but you, you got the messages right there. You know what perjury is, right? I just want to make sure you know before we go any further. You know what it is. Yes, I do. I mean, I'm not a tech guy. I told you I gave in my testimony the phone to the lawyers before, whatever, and, and so you've got my phone, but we didn't give it to you. No, Mr. Jones. One more time. And please remember, if you need to assert the Fifth Amendment, you can. I need to know that you can do that. But you testified. So you did. He goes on to say, if you need to assert the Fifth Amendment, you can. Like, the other team's lawyer is telling him, maybe you should be quiet at this point, is hilarious. Like, how many times has that happened in court? Like, hey, if you don't want to go to jail for perjury, maybe just maybe just sit this one out. Maybe just say you don't know. <laughs> so again, I, I find this to be interesting. I, I think that it's uh, what a horrible position to find yourself in. If you're in any courtroom at all, the actual other team's lawyer, and what is he going to do with this? Right? I mean, I'm sure, I don't know what type of, you know, there is client attorney privilege and there's, this does raise questions about whether or not Alex Jones gets some ability to say that there's like some type of mistrial, but I guess because it's a civil case and not a, uh, you know, some type of, um, actual, what is it called? I don't know, whatever the other type of case, it's a civil case. So the actual ability to, uh, call it a mistrial or whatever, doesn't actually come into play here. Uh, so interesting, but he may be actually able to go after this lawyer from what I understand for doing that because he literally just killed his entire case, right? The, the lawyer has a responsibility to do his best to defend him regardless of the situation. And part of that probably does not have to do with sending the other team's lawyer every text message you ever sent ever <laughs> <laughs> over the last two years. Um, so unfortunate for Alex Jones. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that trial. You know, who see who who knows how much money they'll actually get out of him for that. It seems like, you know, just looking at the uh the judge in that case, Alex Jones is gonna lose. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how much money actually comes of that for those parents. But I don't know. Something to watch. It's an, I, I bet you it's probably the most entertaining trial. Uh, Alex Jones is far more, you call him what you want, but he's far more entertaining than any of the other trials that we've seen, whether it's Kyle Rittenhouse, whether it's, uh, you know, 
um, Pirates of the Caribbean trial that's been going on, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, you know, but Alex Jones is far more entertaining. So at least, you know, it gives us some good comedy. All right. Now on the backs of that, we are going to start discussing the Nancy Pelosi, China, America situation. But before I do that, the first thing I need you to do is go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. Um, if you have not already, I would appreciate it so, so much more than you know, whether you're driving, sitting at home with your house with headphones on, cleaning, whatever the hell you're doing. There's nothing else that you could do at this very, very moment to get a sliver sliver of good karma and you can do that right now by just tap tap tapping that subscribe button it would mean the world to me it takes two seconds on your end and then the next thing i needed to do is just go ahead and leave a five star review um again i would appreciate it so much write something you know whatever was the favorite part of this episode whatever is the you know your favorite episode whatever it is leave a five star review again it helps me get up in those rankings i spent a ton of time on this podcast this is not my full-time career just yet um as we discussed last week i've been working on the website and stuff and and hopefully we'll get to a point where um you guys can help support me in a way that it can be so i can put out a ton more content, start writing a ton more articles and stuff. But what you can do at this very moment, hit that subscribe button, hit that five-star review button, head over to redpillrevolution.substack.com and you'll get the full podcast companion. I'll include all of the articles, all of the videos, all of the topic videos, all of uh, everything that I got from this episode. You will get directly to your email, including the full audio podcast, including the full video podcast, right to your email every single week for free for now redpillrevolution.substack.com. Um, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, you know, every single social platform, it's at Red Pill Revolt. Um, make sure if you're on Instagram, you hit the notification button. Otherwise, you'll never see my stuff shadow banned into oblivion after 50,000 followers. And that's all I got for now. The website is redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers. So head over to redpillrevolution.co right now. You'll see the new website. I just started working on it. Um, tell me what you think. It might be great. It might not be. So <laughs> you tell me. And then uh, shortly, there's going to be some ways that you can support me on there. So again, I appreciate it so much. Check out the website. Subscribe. Five-star review. That's all I got. Thank you very much. All right. Now, what we're going to be discussing is Nancy Pelosi throwing the very first punch in what could cause a domino effect into a potential world war. As we saw her go on a trip to Taiwan this week, over the last couple of days, she was in Taiwan taking $90 million of taxpayer money to be escorted with unbelievable military presence to get there. Now, the reason that she went was obscure. She wouldn't tell people why she was actually going to Taiwan, but some people have some theories and I have my own and we will discuss those as well. But let me go ahead and read this article for you because it will give us some context. We'll look at some of the timelines of what actually went on here. Uh, and, I, and I think it's important to note what's going to be happening moving forward because basically where we're at now is that the U.S. is going to keep naval assets really close to Taiwan as China begins to ramp up their own naval deployments and military actions and exercises, which I, I think is like kind of weird, right? Like what is, an, what is a military exercise, like live fire drills? What's that doing? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but let's go ahead and we'll read 
this article and see what they have to say about Nancy Pelosi. Um, so what it goes on to say is that Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan and high-ranking Chinese officials issues a new threat over Pelosi's expected visit to Taiwan. That was the very first article surrounding it. The next one goes on to say that, that Taiwan is going to be keeping their military, or I'm sorry, their military assets uh, in ready formation as the situation unfolds. So when she went to Taiwan, there's there's a few different situations surrounding this. We'll look at what the White House has to say about it. We'll look what Nancy Pelosi's own Twitter account has to say about it, which is completely contradictory. Uh, but um, it goes on to say that according to the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Ronald Reagan, USS Antium, USS Higgins, USS Tripoli, and a guided missile cruiser are in the vicinity of Taiwan and overstaying after her movement. Reports also indicate that the two U.S. naval submarines are also operating in this area. And so it says the movement of U.S. warships to the east of Taiwan comes as China announced it was moving naval assets near Taiwan ahead of targeted military drills and missile tests. In addition to various naval warship movements, two Chinese aircraft carriers left their ports as Speaker Pelosi arrived in Taiwan. The two aircraft carriers uh, are expected to move towards the region. The ships are accompanied by Type 075 amphibious assault ships. All right. So basically what that's saying is that the U.S. is not going anywhere right now. Right. The U.S. is going to stand their ground in Taiwan, which is also contradictory, basically, to what uh, the White House said, which we'll watch again here. Some of the situations that unfolded there and what the White House speaker actually you know, had to say about it. Um, but China is going to begin a set of unprecedented live fire drills off of the Taiwan coast as a result of this. OK, it goes on to say that and this is from. This is from The Guardian. It says China is to begin a series of unprecedented live fire drills that would effectively blockade the islands of Taiwan just hours after the departure of U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, whose controversial visit this week has sparked fears of a crisis in the Taiwan Strait. Taiwan is characterized the drills, which will last until Sunday afternoon and will include missile tests and other military operations as close as nine miles to Taiwan's coastline as a violation of international law. Ahead of the drill, it says 27 Chinese warplanes had entered its air defense zone. Pelosi arrived in Taipei on Tuesday night under intense global scrutiny and was met by the foreign minister and the U.S. representatives in Taiwan. She addressed Taiwan's parliament on Wednesday before having public and private meetings with the president. Our delegation came to Taiwan to make unequivocally clear we will not abandon Taiwan and we are proud of our enduring friendship, Pelosi said. Which, again goes completely against what the White House had to say about this with their one China policy and believing that Taiwan is its own, you know, sovereign nation. No, <laughs> that's what the White House said. They believe that, you know, basically that it's a part of China, which is what we'll see here in this video. So let's go ahead and see what the White House had to say about this. We'll see what the text messages were said by Nancy Pelosi. And actually, let's go right into that here, which is Nancy Pelosi's tweets. Not text messages, sorry. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's tweets. So Nancy Pelosi tweeted, by traveling to Taiwan, we honor our commitment to democracy, reaffirming that the freedoms of Taiwan and all democracies must be respected. And that was directly from Nancy Pelosi's Twitter account during this. Now, Nancy Pelosi actually posted what seemed to be a hype video around her, her her trip to Taiwan, which I 
feel is hilarious. Even like listen to the music of this and I'll kind of talk you through it if you're just listening here. Um, and then we'll walk through the article together. So you hear this uplifting music as they show her landing and walking next to some Taiwanese people. She's speaking on a couch, waving her fists around as people wave their heads as a, in a yes motion. <laughs> just like the music kills me on this, you know, just how, how you know, she went to stockmedia.com and typed in make people like me. So I guess she received some type of honor as a result of this, you know, that hasn't been given to other people. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really quite interesting to uh, just, you got to see this video. Go to Nancy Pelosi's Twitter account. It's hilarious to see just the, the vibe and the feel of this video here. They're taking selfies together. <laughs> oh, but good thing she's wearing a mask. She might start a world war, but Nancy Pelosi is at least wearing a mask in her hype video. Who cares about the, the fighter jets scrambled to run after her? At least she has her mask on. <laughs> oh. It's so funny to see world politics on the stage. It's like, I'm surprised this woman even wants to travel to Taiwan at this point. Um, I don't know. So let, let's go over the timeline here. We'll, we'll look at something here, which, you know, in a minute, what we'll look at is the difference between the way the media has addressed, you know, the headlines that have come out of this for Nancy Pelosi doing this, you know, very, um, what people say about it is somewhat aggressive act. Uh, uh, in foreign policy against some of the things that we have said we would follow in the past, including our own White House. I don't know what this, this guy is, not the curly-headed lady, but the man, um, I don't know what his title is, but he says some, some stuff about what the U.S. policy is about this, and it goes completely against it. But let's look at the timeline here of what actually went down, what actually happened, and see how China responded. Let's just jump into it. So it says... Um, Footage uploaded by civilians in China. So this was breaking news as they started to show China basically throwing a bunch of military assets on the border of Taiwan, right? The immediately close vicinity of a city directly across from Taiwan. And it says that footage uploaded by civilians in China show large military movements of troops and equipment as Speaker Pelosi is expected to arrive in Taiwan shortly. The large military movements have occurred on major highways and railways throughout the Chinese province of Fujian. Um, this was at 1.01 a.m. Pacific time, and it says commercial flights have been abruptly canceled from airports in several cities um, in the Fujian province. And this was uh, due to regional traffic control and did not elaborate further for the actual cause of that. 107, um, the mayor of Ziman, I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these cities right, so my apologies, has called on citizens to donate blood without detailing why. At 1.11 Pacific time, photos coming in of military movements. 114, the Chinese aircraft carrier is reportedly moving towards Taiwan. An additional ship in Shandong was reported to have left Sanya Naval Base on yesterday. 
121, they continued to talk about the USS Ronald Reagan is on course towards Taiwan. Reports estimated that the shift could arrive in Taiwan in the next six hours. And then we start to see U.S. military aircraft departing Japan and heading towards Taiwan from uh, Air Force Base Okinawa. Um, 137, you start to, basically what ends up happening here is a bunch of military aircraft, a bunch of tanks, a bunch of all this military equipment is being shown as traveling all across China to get over to the streets of Xiamen to show Chinese uh, military equipment. There's all these videos of all these people were posting about it. Now, it started to say how Nancy Pelosi is going to basically take a long way around to get there, you know, obviously because she understands what she is doing. And again, we'll talk about why people think she's actually doing what she's doing, which has to do with more so her stock investments as opposed to, you know, maybe U.S. foreign policy, as we see the White House distance themselves from her. And uh, let's go see. So at 4.57 a.m. Pacific time, that's 7.57 a.m., the morning of this happening, multiple Taiwanese government websites went down, right? All, they got shut down, which included the actual Taiwan.gov website. So... From there, we start to see her travel. Now, if you were following this at all, you'd understand that there, there's something called the flightradar24.com, which is where you can follow military aircraft, follow any type of aircraft that has any type of radar system that you can track through air traffic control. And there was over 300,000 people following this single plane of Nancy Pelosi just praying to see it <laughs> go down. You know, we've seen all of these, you know, hilarious comments about this, you know, people just saying like, you know, just keep her. We don't, we don't want her anyways. If you want to, you know, shoot her down. Oh no, we're so sad about it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll hold my opinion on it. Um, but there was some pretty hilarious comments if you start to look at these things. Um, but everybody was watching this 300,000 people across the world were watching her plane. I, imagine be sitting in that aircraft and and, and wondering what's going to actually happen. I don't know. It, it would be if you're Nancy Pelosi and you're all dressed up in your suit and ready to go take on, you know, Taiwan foreign policy or show your support for them. And you're just wondering if at any moment your aircraft could be shut down. Now, I would wonder, you know, why they wouldn't turn off their radar. Um, so, you know, what is more likely to me is that that was probably some type of, you know, if they're spending $90 million for her to be there, they're probably sending a couple planes and making one as a decoy. Um, but Im imagine being the, the pilot on that plane too. Like you didn't even ask for this, right? You're not going to check on your billion dollar stock investments in Taiwan. You're just flying planes wherever your command tells you to fly them. And all of a sudden you have to fly Nancy Pelosi through enemy territory to Taiwan, wondering if at any moment you're going to get shot down for Nancy Pelosi to go check on her stock investments, which again, we'll talk about here in a minute. <laughs> At 7.01 a.m., China closed the Taiwan Strait for commercial air, tra air traffic control. Um, and then they started to scramble uh, 7.21, which was 20 minutes later. Taiwan started to scramble fighter jets to intercept Chinese air tra uh, aircraft heading towards the country. All right. Now, Nancy Pelosi later released a statement. And uh, this beautiful picture of her with her hands up, you know, if you recall her rubbing her fists together and just so excited to 
clap for Joe Biden. Um, but it kind of looks like one of those situations. She's quite the awkward character. Um, it says, our congressional delegation's visit to Taiwan honors America's unwavering commitment to support Taiwan's vibrant democracy. Our visit is a part of broader trip to the Indo-Pacific, including Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan, focused on mutual security, economic partnership, and democratic governance. Our discussions with Taiwan leadership will focus on reaffirming our support for our partner and our and on promoting our shared interests. It's interesting that she calls them her partner, our partner, right? Our partner, <laughs> not, not the United States partner, all of, all of ours, uh, all of our partners, um, which again, the White House begins to distance themselves from her as a result of this. Uh, but it says, our discussions with Taiwan leadership will focus on reaffirming our support for our partner and on promoting our shared interests, including advancing free and open Indo-Pacific region. Uh, America's solidarity with the 23 million people of Taiwan is more important today than ever, as the world faces a choice between auto <laughs> autocracy and democracy. Our visit is one of several congressional delegations to Taiwan, and it in no way contradicts longstanding United States policy guided by Taiwan Relations Act of 1979, U.S.-China Joint and the six assurances, the United States continues to oppose unilateral efforts to change the status quo. Now, things started to escalate here. And what we've seen as a result of all of this, uh, you know, basically the very next, you know, several, several hours later, the China's military started to announce that it was going to launch targeted military operations to counter Speaker Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. The military added it would resolutely defend territorial integrity and national sovereignty. And they didn't say where they were aiming that at. They didn't say specifically in Taiwan. They didn't note anything specific about it. it. Just said that they're willing and able to conduct targeted military operations. Now they go on to seemingly say that they're going to be doing live fire drills. And again, this is my question: is like, what is a live fire drill? What does that look like? Why would you? How does that? Are you just like flexing your muscles before a fist fight? Like, what what is the point of that? Right? They showed the actual tra air traffic zones, like the the flight areas that are going to be sectioned off as a result of this. But who knows what's going to come of this? I think this is the very beginning of what's going to escalate. I I just don't see that this saber rattling doesn't turn into something more. But we will see here in just a moment. You know very shortly, just a few minutes here, we'll see how the White House responds to this, including what uh, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said about it. Um, China summoned the U.S. ambassador in China over speaker's uh, visit to Taiwan. China says it will carry out targeted military operations in response to the visit. And then the Pentagon press secretary, John Kirby, says that Speaker Pelosi has a right to visit Taiwan. He adds that the United States believes China will ramp up military activity around Taiwan in the coming days. And then also said that they support the one China policy and will continue to support Speaker Pelosi's trip. They basically say that, like, yeah, she can do whatever she wants. Okay, then let her do it. If she wants to go to Taiwan to check on her investment portfolio with microchips, then maybe she shouldn't be using $90 million of taxpayer money to do so. Maybe she should fly Delta, <laughs> like see if the Delta airliner gets shot down, not a, you know, billion dollar, uh, you know, F-35 as a result of a dogfight that, that came of this. So let's go ahead and watch this video. And then we'll talk about some of the, the, preceding statements by the people in China as well as the United States. But here is the Pentagon press secretary, John Kirby, and his statements regarding this trip. Now on Taiwan, because I know that's on uh, everybody's mind today. I want to reaffirm 
that the speaker has not confirmed any travel plans and it is for the speaker to do so and her staff. So we won't be commenting or speculating about um, the, the stops on her trip. We have been clear from the very beginning that she will make her own decisions and that Congress is an independent branch of government. Our constitution embeds the separation of powers. This is well known to the PRC, given our more than four decades of diplomatic relations. The Speaker has the right to visit Taiwan, and the Speaker of the House has visited Taiwan before, without incident, as have many members of Congress, including this year. Now, the world has seen the United States government be very clear that nothing has changed, nothing has changed about our one China policy, which is, of course, guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint USPRC communiques and the six assurances. We have said, we have repeatedly said, that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence, and we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. We have communicated this directly to the PRC at the highest levels. If you don't support Taiwan independence, then why is the Speaker of the House going on to Twitter supporting Taiwan independence? I just don't get how we can have such a disconnect between the third, second, third in line for the presidency if Joe Biden dies tomorrow of old age, COVID, cancer, or falls up the stairs walking to get onto his plane. Who's going to take the presidency? Well, it's Kamala Harris and then it's Nancy Pelosi, who, again, we might have to worry about dying of old age at the same time. But if she's going on to these world stages and she is showing on Twitter, literally on Twitter, saying that she supports Taiwan's democracy, we will have to choose between an autocracy and a democracy. We are showing our support of the democratic state. She's literally saying that she supports Taiwan's independence. In almost every tweet that she talked about on this, and then he comes out here and, and it's all has to do with this gaslighting, right? And, he, you know, they've been gaslighting the American people for three years. And now they believe that they can not only gaslight the people, they can gaslight the Chinese government into thinking that, you know, we're not we're not doing anything over here. We have nothing to do with our third in line for the president of the United States making a direct attempt at threatening the sovereignty of a, some nation you believe to be yours. It's, 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 I don't even know what to describe it as, but it's almost like as insulted as I feel when they gaslight me, the Chinese government has to be like, yeah, what are you saying? I'm looking at Twitter right now. And Nancy Pelosi is saying that she supports the democracy of Taiwan. How do we misconstrue this? Because this man is 700 positions below Nancy Pelosi. He is not even close to this. And by the way, what the hell are these positions? Like the press secretary, the Pentagon press, the White House press secretary, the Pentagon press secretary. What is this position for? What is this man doing besides literally getting paid to lie about everything? And read from a book, like how, how do you even get, do for, when you go through the interview process to be a press secretary, do they make you read Dr. Seuss aloud to people and see how convincing you can read Dr. Like, what is the process to become in this position? How much money do they get paid to literally just stand up there, 
sift through pieces of paper and lie about every single thing that they're talking about at all times. I don't know. It just seems like such a ridiculous position. Why don't you have the president of the United States speak to us? Oh, because then you'd have to find somebody and put somebody in that position who has the ability to form sentences, right? That might be a problem. Anyways, so let's let's watch the rest of this. But again, how I, I just don't see how you can have such conflicting conversations surrounding this. How how the the Pentagon press secretary can come out and say that we support the one China policy, we believe Taiwan is a part of China, and at the same time, the third, second, third in line for the presidency is going to Taiwan and saying she supports their democracy. I don't know. Including as recently as last week in the phone call between President Biden and President Xi. The National Security Advisor, the Secretaries of State and Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff have also made this very clear to Beijing in a half a dozen recent high-level conversations. Put simply, there is no reason for Beijing to turn a potential visit consistent with longstanding U.S. policy into some sort of crisis or conflict, or use it as a pretext to increase aggressive military activity in or around the Taiwan Strait. There's no reason to turn this into anything. There's no reason at all. That's why we sent... 26 F-35s, I'm making that up, however many fighter jets they sent surrounding her aircraft, however many uh, huge-ass military assets, $90 million of taxpayer money is what was expected to come of this trip to ensure her security so that she could go again. And again, we'll, we'll look at this article, but check on her stock investments. $90 million. If you believe it, I, it's just so baffling to me that they can even say that. Why, why Why? do you guys have a problem with this? What's wrong? We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. It's like a six-year-old with a cookie in their mouth telling, you know, telling you they didn't grab the cookie off the counter, right? And they got chocolate all over their face. Why are you so upset? We didn't eat the cookie. <laughs> it's so stupid. And yet, over the weekend, even before Speaker Pelosi arrived in the region, China conducted a live fire exercise. China appears to be positioning itself to potentially take further steps in the coming days and perhaps over longer time horizons. Now, these potential steps from China could include military provocations, such as firing missiles in the Taiwan Strait or around Taiwan, operations that break historical norms, such as large-scale air entry into Taiwan's Air Defense Identification Zone, ADIS, I think you all know that acronym, air or naval activities that cross the median line, and military exercises that could be highly publicized. This could also include actions in the diplomatic and economic space, such as further spurious legal claims by Beijing's public assertions last month, or I'm sorry, like Beijing's uh, public assertions last month that the Taiwan Strait is not an international waterway. Some of these actions would continue concerning trend lines uh, that we've seen in recent years, but some could be of a different scope and scale. The last time Beijing fired missiles into the Taiwan Strait was 1995 and 1996, after Beijing reacted provocatively to Taiwan's president's visit uh, to deliver an address at his alma mater. I want to contrast this now between the United States and China. We, 
and countries around the world believe escalation serves no one. Beijing's actions could have unintended consequences that only serve to increase tensions. Meanwhile, our actions are not threatening and they break no new ground. Nothing about this potential visit, potential visit, which, oh, by the way, has precedent, would change the status quo. And the world should reject any PRC effort to use it to do so. We will not take the bait or engage in saber rattling. At the same time, we will not be intimidated. We will keep operating in the seas and the skies of the Western Pacific as we have for decades. We will continue to support cross-strait peace, stability, support Taiwan, of course, defend a free and open Indo-Pacific, and we're still going to seek to maintain lines of communication with Beijing. All of that is important, and all of that, all of it, is preserving the status quo. We expect to see Beijing continue to use inflammatory rhetoric and disinformation in the coming days. The United States, by contrast, will act with transparency. I am absolutely 100% positive the United States will act with transparency, as always, as shown over the last three years. <laughs> oh, man, gosh, this man. At least he's better than uh, the other woman, the White House press secretary, at convincing people and holding a straight face and being able to finish a sentence. You know, at least it's not as insulting when this man lies to our face. I don't know. It's 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 funny. We're going to read through all of the tweets that Nancy Pelosi had here. I have them pulled up. So we got 20 seconds left in this. I'll, I'll give you the rest of the clip here and then we'll, we'll walk through those. End up here. We'll answer your questions. We'll give you the facts. We are also committed to keeping open lines of communication with Beijing. As I said, this is what the world expects of not just the United States, but of China. And we encourage Beijing to keep that commitment as well. So one of the main things that he said there was that we continue to support the one China policy, right? The one China policy is the fact that China believes that they own Taiwan, right? That's the major overlying theme of the one China policy. Now, as Nancy Pelosi says on the backs of that, and the very first tweet that we see about this, well, maybe the second one, she says the United States... The United States continues to oppose unilateral efforts to change the status quo. Our visit is one of several congressional delegations to Taiwan, and it in no way contradicts longstanding United States policy guided by the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979. She goes on to say that our delegation's visit to Taiwan honors America's unwavering commitment to supporting Taiwan's vibrant democracy. Our discussions with Taiwan leadership reaffirm our support for our partner and promote our shared interest, including advancing a free and open Indo-Pacific region. Her very next uh, tweet says, by traveling to Taiwan, we honor our commitment to democracy. If you recall, China is not a democracy, <laughs> reaffirming that the freedoms of Taiwan and all democracies must be respected. The next tweet says, our visit reiterates that America stands with Taiwan, a robust, vibrant democracy, and our important partner in the Indo-Pacific. And this, this picture that she's in here, outside with 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other people all in masks and they're all in like black suits and she's in like a pink suit in the middle that like somebody dressed her in. <laughs> but they're all in masks, which again, you're outside. What are you doing? And even if you're inside, what are you doing? The very next post says, I like how she's like following a timeline here. Well, obviously she's not tweeting these. I would be highly, very, very surprised if Nancy Pelosi was actually on Twitter or knew how to use it in her age. But um, in the recent days, yeah, and she kind of moves on from the Taiwan situation. Uh, let's see if she has any more here. Nope, she moves on. So um, the last one that she said was uh, about 17 hours ago, and it said, our delegation had the distinct privilege of meeting with the president of Taiwan. We discussed how America and Taiwan can deepen our economic ties. And by that, she means her investments in longstanding chip companies. <laughs> we discussed how America and Taiwan can deepen our economic ties, further strengthen our security partnerships, and defend our shared democratic values. Nancy, how do you plan on defending our shared democratic values when the Pentagon says that they do not support your trip, that they have nothing to do with your trip, that you are going on this trip alone, and they won't tell us why? And speaking of why, let's jump in to some of the theories, allegedly, as to why Nancy Pelosi actually went to Taiwan. Now, to be fully transparent, this is not from any legitimate article, but several people online who are going to give their opinions as to why they believe that Nancy Pelosi is actually in Taiwan. All right. Now, an interesting situation that occurred was recently Nancy Pelosi actually sold, I believe, about 50 percent or her, not her. Of course, not her. She would never trade stocks with insider information. It was her husband. He has nothing to do with her. They never share information. They don't talk about things that could potentially make them money. Of course, they wouldn't do that. Her husband sold about half of their shares of the NVIDIA stock. All right. So um, the first thing it says is probably something to do with the millions that she just invested into NVIDIA. Uh, TSMC is the world's premier provider of silicon wafers. Their clientele includes Apple, AMD, NVIDIA, etc. NVIDIA is particular in particular just realized they bought too much capacity for TSMC. TMCS's uh, process notes. The crash of crypto is to blame for that. The crash of crypto just saw demand for NVIDIA GPUs plummet. They ordered way too many chips, expecting crypto to stay strong. Now, as to why she's going there, TSMC will not change the existing deal for the chips with NVIDIA. This puts NVIDIA in a bad position because demand is now low and supply is going to be enormous. She owns a ton of NVIDIA stock and that stock price will plummet if supply isn't reduced in some way. She's probably trying to go to Taiwan to get TSMC to play ball. She could threaten them directly by holding up the CHIPS Act in Congress, costing TSMC billions. TSMC is set to receive money in the aforementioned act to subsidize the construction of a silicone fab in Arizona. It's literally a matter of national security that they build that fab. Otherwise, when China seizes Taiwan, and they will eventually, China will control the best processors on the planet uninhibited. Even Intel is years behind TSMC's design. Nancy probably just doesn't want to lose millions on a bad buy, and she just is throwing her weight around threatening national security to make a few dollars. No, Nancy Pelosi would not 
not overcome her integrity, would not would not put her reputation on the line to make money. She makes $200,000 a year as the Speaker of the House or something like that, right? That's that's more than enough to, to house herself in a $10 billion house or whatever the house she lives in. <laughs> uh, somebody asked on that thread, should I buy TSMC stock now before China's takeover? And somebody responds and says, China's seizing Taiwan is a matter of when, and they will control a good portion of the computer chip supply. It's one of the easiest annexes in the Asian region, but they won't invade before the U.S. builds its own steady supply of chips because of political fallout, which would last for a duration of half a presidency until the public loses interest in Asians. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, somebody said that she sold her position in NVIDIA. Somebody responded by saying that she sold less than half of it. Still 6.5 million position that she's in right now, which is approximately 1 20th, maybe not 1 20th, 1 16th, 1 17th of the total cost of the military tax dollars that were spent for her to ensure her own safety going to Taiwan in the first place. Maybe we can cut a deal with Nancy, like, hey, don't go to Taiwan and start a world war. And maybe let's just let's give her like a two million dollar, you know, check as a result. And then she doesn't have to go play these little games and, and you know, potentially cause the deaths of tens of millions of people. Somebody else went on to say, speaking on the same subject about the chips, which seems to be a theme regarding this visit. They said that she is going to Taiwan to make a deal about TSMC. TSMC is quite literally a key part of Taiwan's defense strategy. There really isn't much competition with TSMC on the bleeding edge of chip production, and the few people that can compete are still behind them. If they were knocked out of the tech industry, would be set back a decade at least. Even if competitors, Samsung, could speed up their development and create a competing node, TSMC represents a huge percentage of the market that, um, that them going down would absolutely cripple tech markets. The utter dominance of TSMC and the complete reliance on TSMC by the global tech industry is why Europe, the United States, and China are all investing so heavily in chip fabs. Taiwan isn't stupid. They know they can't stand up to China and they fight. TSMC's dominance is their defense strategy. Taiwan has made the West so helplessly dependent on them, and the West can't afford to let China invade. Pelosi is there to make a deal. I have no doubt she will line her own pockets in the process, but let's not kid ourselves here. Pelosi does not give a shit about the United States. You think she gives a fuck about Taiwan? This person says she will coddle them like the rest of the West until the very moment the U.S. chip fabs can complete can compete and don't need TSMC anymore. The second Taiwan is no longer an integral part of the U.S. economy, you can bet your ass people like Pelosi won't give an iota of a fuck about them anymore. <laughs> that was beautifully written. Thank you so much. Um, Again, somebody else said, should I invest in their stock? What happens if the stock value in China captures Taiwan? Um, somebody else said that it's being kept down by the China threats, providing how stupid Wall Street is, insanely undervalued stock. Nothing will happen to TSMC. The tech they use comes from ASML in Europe if they can rebuild it somewhere else. It can be rebuilt somewhere else in the world. The CHIP Act is supposed to... Uh, supposed to pay for them to build a plant in Texas. Supposedly, Taiwan doesn't want to do it because they don't want to lose their bargaining chip against China. Interesting. Very interesting. So there you have it. That is the theories behind why Nancy Pelosi is actually going there, because she wouldn't tell anybody. Nancy Pelosi would not disclose why she was going to Taiwan besides her 
tweets that make it seem like she's doing it for foreign policy, which is obviously, according to most sources, and by most sources, I mean a bunch of random people on the internet, <laughs> has nothing to do with it. Um, so take it with a grain of salt. But that's what they're saying. All right. Now, one thing I do find interesting regarding this whole thing is the difference in the way that the headlines reacted to the to Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan and Donald Trump specifically just taking a phone call from Taiwan's president. Nancy Pelosi literally met with Taiwan's president and Donald Trump took a phone call and got just obliterated for doing so. So let's read the headlines. It says Nancy Pelosi tells this is both from the same article or from the same writer from the Guardian. And it says that Nancy Pelosi tells President Tsai U.S. will not abandon Taiwan. That is the statement made by the Guardian about her visit. Okay. Now, what they said when Trump specifically, so if you like recall the way that Trump was treated in the media, it's quite comical to look at the variations compared to that, his presidency and now, right? He was just like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a, just the way the media treated him in the headlines was like everything that he did was a national crisis. Every phone call, literally every phone call he took was an atrocious act of self, you know, uh, self help and, and not for our country. You know, everything he did was horrific. So Nancy Pelosi goes to meet the president and the headline is Nancy Pelosi tells President Tsai U.S. will not abandon Taiwan. The other headline is that Nancy Pelosi's Nancy Pelosi pledges U.S. solidarity with Taiwan. Okay. Those are your two headlines by the Guardian for Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Now, the headlines for Donald Trump, when he specifically just took a phone call, all he did was take a phone call. Nothing crazy. The headline was Trump's phone call with Taiwan president risks China's wrath, risks China's wrath for taking a phone call, not for flying a plane there with a bunch of military assets to protect him, along with all of these aircraft carriers and, you know, all of these missiles on top of those beautiful carriers and F-35s following in pursuit. And no, none of that. Just took a phone call. Now, let's just read the first little couple sentences here. It says Donald Trump looked to have sparked a potentially damaging diplomatic row with China on Friday after speaking to Taiwanese president on the telephone. And a move experts would or an expert said would anger Beijing. The call, first reported by the Taipei Times and confirmed by the Financial Times, is thought to be the first between the leader of the island and U.S. president or president-elect since ties between America and Taiwan were severed in 1979 at Beijing's behest. The U.S. closes embassy in Taiwan, a democratically ruled island which Beijing, Beijing considers a breakaway providence. In the late 1970s, following the historic re reproach between Beijing and Washington that stemmed from Richard Nixon's 1972 trip to China. Since then, the U.S. adhered to the so-called One China Principle, which officially considers the independently governed island part of the same single Chinese nation as the mainland. Trump's transition team said Tsai, who was elected Taiwan's first female president in January, had congratulated the billionaire tycoon on his recent victory. So, they start to fear monger. They say that it's going to be against that. 
just for taking a phone call. <laughs> now, Nancy Pelosi goes there, and all of a sudden, The Guardian believes that she's doing the right thing, right? <laughs> that They say that China cannot stop other world leaders visiting Taiwan, says Nancy Pelosi, right? Singing the praises from the mountaintops. And when Trump takes a phone call, he's dealing with the wrath of China. Wild. All right, and then the last thing that we will talk about here, something that is not in the news as much as it should be currently, is that Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, is to be arraigned on DUI charges in Napa County. Paul Pelosi, husband and speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is scheduled to be arraigned at 8.30 on Wednesday, today, in Napa County Superior Court, according to a press release from the Napa County District Attorney's Office. The DA's office filed charges after Pelosi was arrested for allegedly driving under the influence on May 28th. Pelosi was reportedly in a car accident the night he was arrested. The charges include driving under the influence of alcohol, causing injury, and driving with a 0.08% uh, blood alcohol level or higher. According to California Penal Code 977, defendants may appear through their attorney for misdemeanor DUI cases, meaning they don't need to be present in the courtroom unless a judicial officer orders it. Pelosi has not been ordered. <clears throat> According to the DA's office, at arraignment, a judicial officer no, uh, notifies the defendant of the crimes they have been charged with, then a formal reading of the complaint can be waived, da la la then the defendant and their counsel can enter a plea. The case may then be continued to another date after a plea charge is set at a jury trial. Now, it's interesting that he even got charged in this case, that he's even going to court and that anybody ever found out about it. I would think if you're Nancy Pelosi and you have the ability to get $90 million to be, you know, your, your fleet of vehicles that you get to take with you to show that you're a thug against the Chinese government that, you know, maybe our own government wouldn't go after your husband for a DUI. Oh, and here's another article showing his mugshot, which is absolutely atrocious. Looks like a uh, methed out author. <laughs> It says that a mugshot from Paul Pelosi, husband of Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has been released at the night of the arrest on suspicion of driving under the influence last month. Pelosi was arrested on May 28th by the California Highway Patrol for driving under the influence of alcohol um, under the suspicion of DUI. So <laughs> I've heard people say that maybe this is, you know, some type of, you know, uh, some some silly people have reported that. I don't know. It's interesting. That the same time as she is flying millions of dollars of U.S. tax dollars and military assets to Taiwan, her husband's in court over a DUI for running into somebody. Now, I don't believe this is the first time he's dealt with this. Uh, I've heard, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I've heard that Pelosi's husband has been in this type of trouble before. And he's 82 years old. What are you doing getting a DUI at 82? <laughs> <laughs> like, let, like you're getting drunk enough to be over the limit at 82 years old and then also driving your vehicle. Like, was he like hanging out with the homies at the local bar? I don't know. But here, here's what I think. I, I think we're getting into some really iffy waters with this whole worldwide conflict situation between Ukraine and Russia. Right. We haven't seen as much saber rattling from Russia recently with the United States. But now China entering the arena, we've kind of been waiting on this. We've been looking out for this situation. China has now entered the chat, right? China is now saber rattling, not just at Taiwan, but at U.S. leadership and governmental officials. 
So this is where it starts to get iffy. And if China enters the conversation and Russia's pissed off at us because we were throwing our buddies in Ukraine, all of the missiles we could find to kill their own citizens, mm, things could get squirrely, right? Again, I've, I've talked about this analogy a bunch, but if you were in a bar and your buddy was in a fight and all of a sudden the guy that he's fighting, his buddy throws him a knife, you're probably going to throw him a gun, right? If you have the ability to, right? It's like this weird consequence of events when you're funding the opposition's, uh, you know, uh, ability to fight against a world superpower, eventually they're going to come for you, right? And now that we have China and Russia entering into this worldwide global arena, at the same time, things are just going to get weirder and weirder. So we're going to have to see where this goes. I'm not super positive, you know, I'm not super uh, optimistic that this doesn't go in a direction that doesn't have to lead to some sort of war or conflict for the first time between world superpowers since, you know, 1942. Uh, but hopefully that's not the case. But it's definitely a concern right now. You know, we see all of this weirdness going on, all of the things leading up to this. And within a year of presidency, not only does Russia, Ukraine, Russia invade Ukraine and China's saber rattling at Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan. Again, we're going to have to see where it goes, but it, it's it's a, it's quite concerning. And that's what I got for you today. I hope they gave you an update on Nancy Pelosi. Now, one thing that I would like to do in the future, I'm going to get back to some deep dives. I'm going to get away from all of the political rhetoric that we've been talking about over the last several episodes. We'll include some of the recent events and things like that, but I am going to get back to our roots, which is talking about all of the craziness that is going on behind the curtain, right? I think the next episode, or at least in the very near future, I would like to talk about some of the the food aspects, right? You see all of the bugs they're trying to get you to eat. <laughs> you see, um, you know, all of these things about seed oils coming out and all of the things that our government and our, you know, uh, worldwide um, multinational corporations are pushing on us as a, a culture. You see Bill Gates buying all the farmland. You see China buying all the farmland. You see all of these fad diets coming into play and, and that have all of these, you know, chemicals and grossness involved. And then in the very near future, we're going to start bringing on some guests. I'm going to start doing some interviews with people that I find interesting on topics that I find to be interesting. Um, so, Head over to redpillrevolution.co and check out the website. Let me know what you think. Head over to redpillrevolution.substack.com. You'll get the full podcast companion, which I guess I should have mentioned earlier. Um, but head over to redpillrevolution.substack.com and you'll get the full podcast companion. I'll include all of the articles, all of the videos, all of the topic videos, all of uh, everything that I got from this episode. You will get directly to your email, including the full audio podcast, including the full video podcast, right to your email every single week for free for now. Redpillrevolution.substack.com. Subscribe, leave a five-star review. I appreciate you so much. I hope you have a great week and welcome to the revolution. Thank you so much.